0: Hey, welcome to the It Starts With You podcast. My name is Sam Adams. I am known as the Real Life Coach, and this is a podcast that is all about exploring ourselves, about us taking ownership for our lives, taking responsibility, and our experiences and our journeys into that. I get to speak to some amazing guests and some just all-round downright inspirational awesome human beings plus there's the few episodes of me just sharing my experiences of life and maybe some stuff from coaching my clients if you want to find out more about me please head to my website sam-adams.com okay that's it from me here comes your episode So, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode. This is a episode in the series that I'm doing with LGBTQ athletes in sport. And... Um, I'm doing a series of these for February so you probably listened to this and it is February or if you're watching it right now it's not (laughs) but today I'm really really excited um, to have a really super special guest and when this young man said to me that he'd come on my podcast I honestly did a little dance and I spinned around on my office chair in excitement (laughs) so um, today I'm really pleased to say that I have the fabulous amazing uh, Michael Gunning with me this morning this afternoon. Um, so welcome, welcome, Michael. Welcome to the It Starts With You podcast.
1: Hello, thank you for having me on.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> honestly, you met when you said yes, honestly, I did do a little dance and spin around on my office chair. I was so happy.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I think so many people kind of see me as like this ray of sunshine, giving positivity. And so, you know, it's great that you're doing this and honestly yeah. trying to put a smile on everyone's faces.
0: No, absolutely. I'm all for that. Bring the energy. But obviously, at the same time, we have to recognise it's a bit of a shit show right now. And it is a bit of a struggle for a lot of people. But we'll probably come on to that because obviously, you know, you keep going with with your sport during this pandemic. Um, But maybe we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I just wondered if you would do me the honour of introducing yourself to the audience, because obviously I know who you are and a bit about you, but maybe the listeners don't know. So who is Michael Gunning?
1: Yeah, so I'm 26 years old. I used to represent Team Great Britain at different meets, but now I actually, there's a twist because I represent Team Jamaica. Mm. And um, I've been to two World Swimming Championships and yeah, I'm just hoping to qualify for this year's Olympic Games. Fingers crossed if it goes ahead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm just an international athlete and I came out in sport um, in back in 2018 I actually went on a television show and came out as gay on the show. And, you know, mm. since then, so many people kind of come to me to hear my story. And I think it's just so nice to be myself in sport. And yeah, um, yeah I'm loving loving the journey.
0: Yeah, amazing. So I need to mention swimmer because uh, you are. Yeah. You didn't mention that. So somebody watching this, I think, who's this lovely young man? I, he's a athlete, but I don't know what kind. So you're a swimmer, international swimmer, which is incredible. Um, yeah. it, is, it is amazing because I like swimming for me is, it's one of those things that I really want to love and get into, but I just, I just struggle. My friends call me baby shark. That's because I'm like, <laughs> rubbish. I love being by the beach and by the sea. And I'm happy by the pool if I've got a margarita.
1: But <laughs> just. yeah, I think you know, swimming is one of those things that if you learn it when you're younger, it does come very easy when you're older. But yeah. to learn it when you're older um is very, very tough because you yeah. know it's I feel like swimming is one of the hardest sports, you know, you just get in from one end of the pool to the other, you know, there's no easy way about it. You've just got to yeah. gotta do it. You've got to get your body in that in that you know, in that kind of place. So it's, it's yeah. tough. It's
0: tough sport. It is. And you're right. Like I, well, I wasn't taught to swim as a kid. We did athletics. So I, I love my sport. Hence why I want to do this series for the podcast um, around sport and LGBTQ people in sport, because sport had a really positive impact on my life as a kid. You know, athletics was my outlet. I wasn't very good at anything else. I was kind of struggling a bit as a kid and it was just, it was the one thing I was good at, but swimming was not that one thing. And we, I can't even remember if we had a pool at school but either way um I wasn't encouraged to learn to swim or anything so um I think I learned to swim as an adult so like in my mid-20s so it's hard it when you get water up you know is when you're 25 it's not
1: it's not nice <laughs> no, <laughs> so it come
0: naturally for me so so did you grow up in the UK then
1: Yes, no, I was born in the UK, so my mum British and my dad's Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad came over to the UK when he was five or six. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my parents met when they was at school and just, you know, with childhood sweethearts and carried on going and had me and my brother. So, um, yeah, like, I, I think that's why i was always representing Great Britain because, obviously, I was born here and had such a massive passion for the, the GB team and you know, all my teammates, but then, you know, I think – the common stereotype obviously of swimming is yeah, black people don't swim yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah. you know just by me swimming I was breaking that stereotype and you know I just really wanted to try and get more people out in Jamaica swimming so I had yeah. a great with uh, with Great Britain and going to going all around the world competing and I feel super lucky that I've got the privilege to fly the Jamaican flag too.
0: Amazing that's really cool because so was it just when you were a kid at school was it that you had a swimming pool when you just got into swimming, was that, or were you encouraged to do, what, how did it happen?
1: Yeah, so my mum or dad are not really good swimmers, and swimmers, so I think they really pushed me and my brother into lessons, just because, you know, when we got on holiday, she wanted to be confident that I could swim, that, mm. you know, nothing happened to me, and I think at first I hated it. I really didn't like swimming at all. You know, it was cold. I didn't want to leave my mum. You know, I didn't want to be with a stranger who was telling me to do all these really super hard things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When I found my love for it and when, you know, I had that confidence and when I could just dive underwater with that confidence, it just made that massive difference.
0: Yeah. So learning at a young age is like with any, like me, like I say, with athletics, I still love athletics to this day. I still wish I could run faster than I do. And I still sometimes pretend, you know, that I'm Kelly Holmes or, you know, Pojo when I'm out running. But it's just, I just, you just never lose it, I don't think. It's just there with you. So
1: streak as well. You want to be competitive. You want no, to be God, yeah.
0: Like I'm getting on a bit now, but even in my age group at Park Run, I'm having a look at the list. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, nice. So when did you you kind of realise or did somebody sort of say to you that actually you're pretty good at this?
1: Yeah so I think I was 12 years old Um, like I joined a swimming club when I was seven so I was kind of in that environment of everyone having proper coaches that you know just kind of had high expectation of you and I'm 12 years old when I got my first national time and at the time I had no idea what that was but obviously going to nationals for the very first time and, you know, obviously the biggest thing of my age group was yeah. was an amazing experience. And I think when I kind of knew, okay, you know, I can't go ice skating of the weekend anymore, you know, I can't be going out and coming back late and, you know, yeah. I've just kind of got to commit to this because, I, I you know, I want to get a, a national medal.
0: Cool. So you felt that at 12 years old that, right, you know, because it's quite hard as a 12-year-old kid to commit to something like that um, and give up sort of the stuff going out with your mates on your bikes or whatever it was, you know, you would do um, and throw yourself into it.
1: Yeah, I had my very first early morning training session after I went to nationals. And, you know, we swam five to seven before school. And, you know, I just remember being so tired and being at school, just being, being like, what on earth have I done this morning? <laughs> and um, you know I don't think many people can understand it because, you know, not many people do that. No.
0: 12 year old kid, that you know, that's a long day, and I know, I know, you know, competitive elite swimming, you do do those early mornings, don't you? And you know, as a kid, when you've got to then go to school as well, that's really tough,
1: yeah. You know, I think we're just it's, it's kind of built into us. When I look back, you know, I was doing three or four session early morning sessions a week, and I don't really know how I'd done it back then. I think you just get into that routine and you just think about your goals. And for me, I really wanted to get a national medal. And when I got my national medals, I wanted to go to you know, the, the Olympic trials or the Commonwealth trials that I went to. And then obviously, you want to go to the, the main games, the Olympic games, and everything. So yeah. I think there's always been a goal that's been driving it. And um, yeah, I can't imagine, can't even believe the journey that I've been on and the places I've been. It's been amazing.
0: You, well, how old were you when you got your first national medal? Then, because you got your national time at twelve, did you say? But not that. When did you yeah?
1: Medal. I qualified and I went, but I got my first medal when I was 16, um, and then 17 was the gold medal in the 200 fly. So, wow. where was that? Where did that take place? Sheffield. Oh, yeah. Sheffield. Okay. Yeah. Sheffield is the host of all nationals. Um, is it? Oh, do they always yeah. have? Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> oh,
0: cool. that's amazing. That's such a, so amazing. So, growing up, then, when did the? Uh, so, obviously, you got Jamaican heritage. So, when did that? crossover happened that you were obviously competing for team GB and then you crossed over to compete for Jamaica
1: yeah so I couldn't I qualified for the European Lane Cup in the open water I used to do open water back then as well oh my god <laughs> That's even more than being in a pool. <laughs> my world but I just remember like meeting lots of different athletes um you know and kind of going to you know the school games where lots of different schools and countries meet together I went to the world school games as well and I remember seeing somebody or a coach from Jamaica and they pretty much begged me to swim for them and I think at the time it you know I didn't really cross my mind but my dad was very passionate and just said think about the lives that I could touch if if I did you know because there's not really you know athletics is the massive sport out in Jamaica so to kind of shine the light on swimming and show people that Black people can swim, that we can do well and achieve our goals. I think yeah. that kind of took over and um yeah, it was amazing.
0: Oh, that's really cool. How, and what's what year was that then that, that
1: crossover happened, that changeover happened? That was in two
0: thousand
1: and sixteen. Oh no. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you know, only or four or five years ago. But I think the massive the massive changing point for me was you know, I was in the Manchester Arena bombing, at you know, with Arena Grande. And I remember being there and obviously nearly losing my life. I was only 300 metres away from the explosion. And mm-hmm. coming away from that really put everything into, into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd done amazing. Like, I was so proud to work at GB. But, you know, I knew that I was never going to win a gold medal. You know, and Team GB just won the medals. And I think... I've always wanted to motivate people. I've always wanted to be inspiring. And I knew that I could do that whether I represented Great Britain or Jamaica. So I just saw it as an opportunity that I couldn't turn down to try and reach more of a wider, you know, wider athletes, wider people around the world. And, you know, I'm extremely lucky because I've still got uh, Great Britain support. Whenever I go to competitions, I still sit with the team and I still feel very it so it's great (laughs) that's really really
0: nice I forgot that you I did read that you were at at the Ariana Grande concert um so I mean obviously that did have a life-changing impact on
1: you yeah no it definitely did I think you know I went with my friend it was my very first concert that I'd been to and you know it just I think having you know coming away and you know I had a lot of therapy and sessions after just to try and come to terms with what happened Mm. but I think I just realized how grateful I was you know not many people get the opportunity to travel the world doing the sport they love Mm. um obviously having dual nationality as well you know so many people resonated and connected with you know my story and who I was so I just thought you know what have I got to lose and um haven't looked back since
0: did it have any other effects on you? Obviously, like I said, it had a massive effect on you in terms of your your sport and who you represent. Mm. But was there anything else that came out of that for you?
1: Um, I'm not really sure. I think I learned a lot from it, but I think it ultimately just gave me the confidence and belief in myself um, mm. you know, that I can do it. And you know, I think you always worry about what you can achieve and you know failing, but ultimately. What? You know i'm sure you've heard of the quote you know if you aim for the moon and even if you miss you're among the stars and that i think it's
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's going after what you want and having you know the courage to do that and a lot of people lack the courage everyone says oh i want to be confident but actually confidence comes from courage from just yeah. putting yourself out there and having a go and giving it a try that that's how you build your confidence so yeah, yeah. that's really cool so you obviously you're openly out gay athlete which is amazing and um, when did you, because you said you came out on TV, I didn't know that, I missed that, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> so um, what TV was that? So it was so in 2018, I missed the Commonwealth Games team, and I really struggled, you know, that I didn't make that team, it was in Australia, and I'd planned a whole year around going there, and so basically I had a summer off competing where I just wanted to focus on myself. And I think for, because of, for so long, I've been suppressing who I was, my sexuality. I've never spoke about that anywhere to anyone. Right. Um, I thought, you know, that summer off competing and a bit of time off swimming just allowed me to realise who I was. And um, Courtney Act hosted a show called The By life right. and um, it was just a show. There were six of us, um, well, two more people came in. So there was eight of us together in a villa that just went on different dates, you know, not with each other, but with people from the UK that they flew into Barcelona. And, uh, cool. yeah, it was just a really fun experience. I'd never, like, been to, I'd been to uni, but I'd never really experienced the uni halls or anything like that. So, for me, it was kind of a bit like that, you know, like being with a group of people who understood each other, who were kind of questioning themselves, who they were, their identity. Yeah. and Yeah, just being it on screen, kind of forgot that the cameras were even there, really. And um, wow. it was lovely to go through that experience, you know, with, with the whole world, really, and show that it's okay not to have been on a date. I've never been on a date before. I've never. Really? Yeah, i never just explored. So it was nice to, you know, go on my very first date and, you know, just show people that it's okay.
0: So up until that point, because that, that's a big leap, isn't it? It's like, well, I've been suppressing it, but now I'm going to do it on TV.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. like. I think yeah. because I've never seen anyone go through that before, yeah. you know, meeting Tom Daly, you know, at the London Aquatic Centre when I was training, and training him, you know, really made me see that it was okay and that there was people like me out there. But mm. I think actually, you know, going on a show to show people that it's okay not to have dated, it's okay not to know, it's okay to question all those different thoughts and feelings and just have those open conversations with like-minded people, it's mm. so important. And yeah, um, yeah it gave me bonds of confidence. Oh God, and,
0: yeah, you know, once you get around people that are like you, you're like, oh my <laughs> God, I'm home. <laughs> I don't really resonate with that, and you know, I remember it myself. Sort of, yeah, just like getting around people that were like me and thinking there was no one like me, and then suddenly, yeah, there's, yeah, thousands of us, millions of us. Um, yeah. yeah, incredible to be around like-minded people, isn't it?
1: No, definitely. You know, I think that's what pride, that's what all the celebration is. You know, people often wonder why there is a celebration because you don't have a celebration if you're straight or if you're, um, you know, white, especially. But I think we've come so far when you look at all the, you know, the rules and legislation that was in place. We have yeah. come, you know, bundles. So, you know, we do have to celebrate that. Yeah.
0: It, it, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, pride, I guess, is, you know, it wasn't born out of celebration i guess it was obviously you know it goes goes way way back but it is about a celebration and that you know and it's about equality for me as well it's like you know that we're you know the quality means lots of things you know black white man woman gay straight or whatever it's like that we're all human beings and we all bleed at the end of the day and we all breathe and we all die um and that that's more you know for me that's what it's about but um yeah, God, wouldn't it be nice to get back to having Pride things? Like, we don't have anything yeah. at the moment. What God. a crazy
1: time in the world.
0: <laughs> it's mad. It's absolutely madness. Um, so, coming, so, obviously, you did the TV show. And how was it coming out to your friends and family then? Uh, how did you find that? Who did you tell first?
1: Yeah, so I told my family before I told anyone else and before I went on the TV show. Yeah, And you know, they were really accepting, you know, my, yeah, all of my family just really understood and I think mm. it was a shock to them. Um, but yeah, they were just really happy for me and just wanted me to be happy with someone. So I think there was a little bit reluctant with me going on a television show <laughs> to do it. Um, but I think all my other friends, you know, I told a few people obviously confided in from daily as well. And, you know, just really, really supportive. And mm. I think that gave me confidence you know, to go on a show like that, really, and you know, let it
0: unfold. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and then, obviously, then, did people, how did that impact on your swimming and the people that you, you know, you spent, obviously, you weren't at the Commonwealth Games, but after that, when you got back into it, you know, how did that impact the people that were around you, your coaching, your training?
1: Yeah, if I'm totally honest, it brought everyone even closer together, you know, we've had really open and honest chat and I think because you know the show was shown you know across the world whenever I go to different countries and competitions loads of people just come up to me and they feel like they know me and that they can share their story with me and it's really lovely to hear some of their stories but also heartbreaking to hear other people that haven't had it as as smooth as I have yeah yeah yeah
0: did you did you find that cause what was it like before because obviously you know it's, you know, when you're competing and you're training every day and you're suppressing a part of your life, you know, I've I've done that not not you know not competing, yeah. but in my life I've suppressed who I I am, and that is exhausting and it's tiring and it it can be very lonely. You don't even like I know with what you do, you don't necessarily have much of a social life because it is quite pretty full on in your diet and everything. But you can't be yourself, and that is it takes up a lot of energy not being yourself.
1: No 100% you know I think swimming helped me in that aspect because you know rather than worried about seeing people, meeting people and socialising I was in my swimming bubble where we were training hard where we all had a goal and you know we didn't even worry about you know who what someone was and what they were doing after school because we were just every day at training so I think it was a good relief. But I think it got to the point where my confidence was just so low. Even going to competitions that I'd trained all year for, there was something down in me that just wasn't confident, that wasn't totally accepting of myself. And right. it told me back in my performance. Mm. What what was – because
0: you – I mean, I get that about accepting yourself because I think, you know, I went through, through all of that. And re- I really hated myself, you know, to begin with. I really, you know – I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but – You know, so back in my day, it was like, (laughs) and I just like, you know, it was just really, really tough to accept myself for who I was. Um, so you saying that about acceptance and accepting who you were, I mean, was that was that like, did you wrangle with yourself over that? Did you, you know, were you? Because I was quite negative with myself about it. You know, my internal dialogue was pretty negative at the time. I remember.
1: Yeah, you know, I think we are, you know, brought up in a, you know, heterosexual world where you're just told to believe that, you know, you don't have to talk about it, but if you're different, then there's something wrong with that, you know, whereas obviously the people that don't have the battle with sexuality issues, you know, they don't even think about it, it doesn't even cross their mind, nice. so I think, you know, for, for me, for other, you know, for LGBT people, it is, it is a very tough kind of transition because, you know you feel like you have to declare who you are you feel like you have to kind of put that label on it when you know actually really we should just be ourselves. and um i would love that moving forward within sport you know rather than a headline saying you know talking about someone's sexuality it's about their performance and the medals and the records that they're breaking rather than just dwelling on that sexuality part
0: yeah it'd be nice when we get to a day when we we don't have to do that It's, I mean, it's loads better, you know. It's 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 a lot lot yeah. better. But still, in certain sports, and I think, you know, certainly the male side of sport, there is, you know, there's a way to go. I think, you know, um, in both camps, but definitely in, you know, in male dominated sports, or you know, like football and cricket and things like that, you just got to look at that and and golf. Yeah. It's it's a long way to go. So sadly, but I think, you know, we're there, there's some good things happening now. You know, we've got Pride Sports, and we've got all sorts of organisations and we do the rainbow laces and football and things like that. And so there's, and I know there's an athletics pride network as well. Now, I think there's one for swimming as well, isn't there? There
1: is. Yes. Pride yeah. in water. Pride um, and, water. Yeah. and, you know, I think that's why it's so, so important. You know, we're all pulling together to make sure that people are supported, you know, like riding water, like being one of the only gay swimmers, if only the only gay someone that I know of that you know speaks openly about it you know I know there's so many more people but I don't want them just to kind of go through what I did and struggle for so many years not being able to talk about it so hopefully with that network with you know support LGBT media people can just have those open and honest conversations and learn to accept themselves a little bit earlier
0: and feel included I mean inclusion is such a big thing isn't it that you know sport is for everyone that's what, you know you know it's for everyone of color race creed sexuality whatever religion doesn't matter you know sport can be do so much for for people in terms of your mental well-being alone not it doesn't matter if you're elite level or not it just has so many benefits and uh, and it should be include you know everybody should be included and have the opportunity to partake but i think when you see elite sport and because they're obviously in the media and in the press and even on the grassroots level, you know, you, it is hard when, you know, I remember, you know, playing sport and I did feel like I couldn't be myself and I backed away a little bit and I was a little bit of a rebel and that was cause I wasn't, ha- you know, I wasn't happy inside. I wasn't accepting with myself and, and I didn't want to have to talk about those things or I was frightened somebody might guess or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's trying to make it an inclusive uh, environment that people know that you know you can come out or you can be whoever you are just be a good person and rock up and enjoy your sport yeah
1: 100 um, yeah. i feel like you know being a professional athlete mm. and you know i think it's so important to check in on that grassroots level and i remember mm. when we was allowed out when we was allowed to socialize i went to a school sports day and you know lots of people were doing different things it was a lovely day outside and there was a little girl that was just sat on the side yeah you know, I said, "Why are you not joining in?" And she just said that she didn't look like the other girls. That she, you know, was built differently, and she just, you know, it wasn't for her. That you know, she people were looking at her differently. And you know, I said that sport is for everyone. No matter of colour of your skin, no matter your body build, no matter your sexuality, like, it's for everyone. And yeah. it was so nice to see her get involved after that. And you know, because we do need to remind ourselves that sport is for everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's creating that inclusion. So, what what do you think? You know, is there? I mean, within obviously, you only can speak for for swimming, I guess, but yeah. you do ride in water. Do you think that you know the elite end of of swimming? There is enough being done to you know spread that message, to show that support, and even actually, you know, give that support to individual athletes like yourself, because obviously you're confident now, you're out, and you're cool with that. But for somebody that's not and might be feeling, and they might be struggling or suppressed, you know, do you think that where you are with things, is there an environment for people to come forward and go, you know, speak to someone or is there that support for them, um, you know, their mental health and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a big learning curve. I think, I'm not sure about you, but just having the LGBT community there that, you can talk to that. You can ask questions to. You know, just have that support from is just so important. And despite you know, priding water and all the different um, you know things that are out there, we need athletes and you know different groups to understand. And I think you know, that understanding is the most important. And even yeah. you know, for all the allies out there that. You know, like one of my friends, Adam Petey. you know, he obviously doesn't identify you know, who's straight, but he just loves listening to what I've got to say about, you know, LGBT issues, about being gay in sport. And you know, just him talking to someone else about that can, can just help because allies are just as important. And Yeah.
0: yeah. Now,
1: it's OK. Yeah.
0: Do you think, So, I mean, as you, as an uh, just as an athlete, as a swimmer, do you, from... Um, I guess it's I mean most of your does most of your sport obviously you're are you in the UK now yeah yeah but your support comes from I guess from team Jamaica or maybe it comes from both camps do you think there is that support there for for anyone in general not just gay athletes but athletes in general for their mental well-being because I like I like you know I know like football you know Elite football, Premiership—they can have everything they want. Someone can come and butter their back for them if they like. Tuck them in at night; they'll get it. Um, let's not lie. There's a lot of money in there, but when you once you go away from the Premiership, you know the money's not there. So they don't get you know all the physio support. They, they might have to decide between paying for a physio or you know buying a new player or or whatever. That the money's really yeah. tight. So in terms of mental well-being and that kind of support just to get through life because life's tough sometimes is that there in your
1: sport i think that is kind of where there's a, there is that gap and you know, especially hoping with you know this um pride in water you know yeah. that will fill a big gap of that where people can talk openly and have a mm. place to go to um you mm. so know in swimming club, obviously you know where it isn't funded by you know government like there isn't going to be that sport there there is no one really that they can go to but if swimming clubs start bringing in those people, whether it's you know a psychologist that people can talk to, or just an email address that they can kind of send their thoughts to, I think would really really benefit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of has to start, doesn't it, at the grassroots level in order to filter up as as they go yeah. along. But yeah, it always has to start there. But sadly, it doesn't. It seems to be the other way around. Which is yeah, a bit of a shame. so. In your sort of uh, you know your level. Do you yeah. get that kind of support? What do you get? Obviously, you get a swim coach. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you're there every morning. But what what else do you get? What other support do you get?
1: Yeah, you know, so obviously now I represent Team Jamaica, which is slightly different because it does have the twist of, you know, it's actually illegal out in Jamaica to show to the same gender. So I think for me, already coming out as gay, kind of, you no, know, I really, if I was in Jamaica, I could be in prison, you know, right now, and that's really, really hard to get my head around, mm. um, but, you know, all the support that Jamaica have given me is, you know, for my swimming, um, and, you know, I'm obviously so blessed that not, nothing needs to speak now, out, will be an open and honest about things, hasn't, you know, made any, any negatives to Team Jamaica, which is amazing, but I think, for British swimming you know they do have a physio they do have a psychologist that you can have access to and mm-hmm. I'm very lucky because I was with obviously Great Britain you know I still can have access to that support mm-hmm. um while well, I'm training in the UK but um yeah it's a really great situation <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah I'm sure it is I mean how did and I was going to ask you about it because obviously like you know there's the intersectionality element you know I've just done a series of videos for ALGBTQ History Month next uh, um, in February, which if you're listening to the podcast is now. Um, but because obviously I'm black, gay and female, um, and that has a crossover, you know, in those areas of life. Unfortunately, women don't ha- aren't heard as much as men. Black people aren't heard as much as white people and gay people aren't heard as much as uh, straight people. That's just the world that we freaking live in. Um, so yeah. that plays out and that's played out through my life. Um, and I speak about that in, in the stuff that I've done for LGBTQ History Month. Um, and obviously, for you, being a gay man, being a black gay man of you know j- dual heritage, but Jamaican, you know, Jamaican, you know, and I'm, you know, I my mum's from the Caribbean, she's from a small island called Anguilla, and I, it's not illegal because um, Anguilla is a British dependent territory, but they wanted to make it legal illegal. Um, but they, if they wanted to retain that um, British-dependent territory, they the British government made them revoke that law. So yeah. also wanted to be part of Great Britain. There's lots of benefits that come with that. It's, it's governed by a British, it has a British governor. Um, so I know it's difficult in the Caribbean. And so for, was there a, did that wrangle with your mind at the time or did it not cross your mind that you're thinking, actually, I'm going to represent a country that doesn't really, represent me or support me for who I am as a human being other than to be a swimmer for them
1: yeah it did definitely cross my mind and you know I think there was a lot of one day I was against it one day I was for it and I think ultimately my decision was that if not me who will it be you know and by me being open and honest and you know whether it does hinder any opportunity in the future i think it doesn't start with you know think about all the people that have tried to fight for legislation rules we'll in the uk for gay marriage and you know so many people have done so much to help us to get to where we are today and to feel you know accepted and yeah. i would love to be that person out in Jamaica can carry on allowing people to feel that little bit more accepted and to be honest i think we've come a massive you know a bit a long long way because um you know, just seeing all the different pride groups out in Jamaica, the people that are trying to fight for it as well and mm. um, you know, it can be their authentic self is just amazing. And I just want to carry on, you know, with the status that I've got, just carry on showing people that it is possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so like being that flag bearer, isn't it? For, you know, it, somebody has to do it. And, yeah, and us seeing that and hearing that. And if it's underground, then nothing's going to change
1: yeah no yeah, so hopefully I can be that big enough, big of hope.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you are like, you know you've done a lot of stuff in the press and you know I, I, you know you've done some really good stuff and I think that I think that's great. It has to you know it has to be in the press. We have to talk these things and it has to be more visible. you know when I was growing up, I didn't see you know I didn't see a lot of black people on TV in my environment or let alone gay and then that you know for me that was just massive. So yeah, I think it's it's super super important. So I think we have come a long way. But it's yeah. still that, that way to go. And, yeah, it,
1: it yeah, there's still a yeah. I think, you know, it's that fine line because I think whenever I see a headline of, you know, gay summer Michael Gunny and I always kind of react to it and go, I'm just a swimmer, you know, yeah. why do you have to put that massive label you know, in front of my name? But then at the same time I see the flip side of it and I know that, well, actually, you know, it is a big thing that I can represent, you know, Jamaica and be and be doing the sport that I love. So I can see
0: two sides. <laughs> you know, Michael, there's a paradox for everything. You know, there's there's positive. To, you know, there's a negative to a positive, and vice versa. There is to everything. You can look at it. You've just got to be willing to look. So, yeah. What? So what? I mean, how long we been? We have got about. Yeah. Okay, we have got a, f- a few more minutes. Um, I guess, so where are you now? What? What do you? What would you? think that what can be the difference going forward? Is there is there anything that you see that that could be done to help, you know, athletes uh, and people feel more inclusive to sport, especially well, obviously within swimming, which you know very well? So
1: Yeah, you know, I think just continuing to share people's stories, you know, which is exactly what you're doing, you're getting to amazing people to just talk about their experiences because hopefully 1, 10, 100 listeners will just realise you know that it's okay and you know no matter whether you're in sport whether you're doing you know academics or whatever you're doing that it's it's accepted and you know I'd love to just carry on just showing people and sharing people my story and connecting with people on different levels because it's so important.
0: Yeah absolutely so what would your advice be then for any any person I guess currently you know maybe part of your team or team GB or, or, or any athlete really that You know, feels you know that they may be gay or lesbian or whatever that that you know thinking they might want to come out, but they're not sure. They're struggling, and their performance and of course that shows in their performance. What would your advice be be for them?
1: Yeah, you know, I was always waiting for the right time to come out, the right time to explore my sexuality. But I think you know, coming being on this end now, I've realised that there was never a right time. It was only the time when I was ready to. Face it, yeah. um, you know there is. You know, never rush. Never try to force something, and um, you know, just be true to yourself. And when you're ready, when you're ready to talk about it, explore it. Then um, that is the right time. And have confidence. You know, tell someone that you trust. Have conversations with people that you know. You know, won't we'll judge you. That will accept you for who you are. And yeah. um, you don't have to go on a television show. But <laughs> at, the same, <laughs> at the same time, you know, just. Um, whether you tell one person or ten people, it's it's so rewarding and you know, you just get rid of that burden that you've been worrying because when you're on the other side it won't be that big of a deal and you'll think, Why was I struggling for so many years? You know, why did I keep it inside? Because there's so many people that love and support me now and it's it's amazing.
0: Do you yeah, it's that it's like when we all wrangle with those decisions, so we whether you know, not necessarily about coming out, but just when we have a big decision to make and we wrangle with it, we carry it, don't we? And it's really heavy. But on the other side of this, the decision, oh, it's just so freeing. It's just like liberating and having let that weight go that you're carrying around with you.
1: No, 100%. You know, I think it's that baggage. And, you know, one of my psychologists had a kind of a really good chat with me about it. But in my mind, you know, my mind was all tangled with loads of thoughts and anxieties. And yeah. the minute I spoke to someone, you know, the bundle kind of, know release a little bit and there was time to to breathe and think about other things and really know what's important and I think obviously since coming out and being myself and having those open conversations I've made some big decisions about my life and about my future and you know so yeah I'm good what's um so what
0: what's next for you then what's obviously your (laughs) I guess your focus is uh Tokyo hopefully
1: Yes, yeah. I think, you know, all the athletes around the world have got our fingers crossed that we'll go ahead. Mm. Um, you know, very uncertain times at the minute. But um I think I've always wanted to go into a little bit of television after. Um, So hopefully, yeah, after, after my Tokyo dream comes true, maybe, um, there'll be some great opportunities in that TV world to share my story and just to kind of keep spreading that positivity. Yeah.
0: Do you, any particular TV, sporting TV, or you don't mind, you just...
1: Anyway, yeah, I'd love to do like a little bit of presenting um, you know I've, um, I've always wanted to be a primary school teacher so I'd love to do a bit of telly with children just inspiring them educating them um, yeah. but who knows who knows what's in store
0: <laughs> I focus on the main the main thing at the moment I hope it goes ahead I was due to go to Tokyo last year as well yeah. three weeks I was going to be there for the Olympics so yeah I was gutted but hopefully yeah. turn everyone's I- life upside down <laughs> yeah, it is so how do you so I mean obviously cause it is so uncertain right now, how do you how do you stay focused? How do you stay motivated? Because obviously you have still having to train.
1: Yeah, I think I just take each day as it comes. You know, some days I'm high, some days I'm low, but I just accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if twenty twenty taught us anything is that we do not know what's around the corner, anything can change at any point. And you know, not just about Olympics, but about our work, about, you know, with family and just enjoying every second that we have because um you know that's what we can do at the minute.
0: Yeah, making the most of every day and it's um, something we can focus on because th- for me when I look too far ahead, I think, Well, oh, yeah, I don't know where we're gonna be in <laughs> time or at the end of the year. I'll maybe just stick with today for now. <laughs>
1: no, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing talking to you, Michael. I really, really appreciate um I really, really appreciate it. And it's just fascinating. Everyone's story is different. Uh, yeah. You know, experiences are, are different. So it's just really, really good to, to hear yours. Um, what, one last question, really, is what, what inspires you or who inspires you in your life now then to wherever it may take you, swimming gold or, you know, TV, who inspires you? Or who, maybe somebody who's inspired you, you know, previously in younger
1: years. Yeah. So, you know, at the minute, I'm very, very close friends with Rebecca Adlington. um, And, you know, she's achieved so much stuff in swimming. But I think the way that she's supported me through everything can kind of been that friend, you know, to kind of look up to someone winning gold at the Olympics and then to be able to call them a friend and confide in them in ways that not many people can is just... Just so amazing, and I just hope that everyone can get at something in their life, whether they're having that amazing conversation with someone, or you know, just really great with someone on television, or you know, someone who is a role model to you because they're yeah. all. And um, yeah, she supports me every day, and it just really motivates me to keep going. She you know, really
0: nice. You know, she can't. I, obviously, I don't know her personally. You know her very well, um, but she does seem like was oh, you know, I remember her winning her medals is just incredible. Um, and yeah, I just she does seem like she's a really nice person, and you've now confirmed that.
1: Yeah, you know, she's so down to earth, and I think you know, with sports people, sometimes you can kind of get the focusness, and you know, when you're kind of at the competition, you've got to be very single-minded, you've got to look at the end of the lane and imagine that no one else is around you. And I know that sometimes people can think, oh, you know, they're too driven, they're not They're not happy, they're, you know, too serious. But, yeah. you know, when you get to know the real her, and, you know, especially her now with um, another baby on the way, um, she's, yeah, just a bundle of joy and um, a pleasure to be my friend. <laughs>
0: well, when you're, obviously, when you're competing, that's it, isn't it? It's like eyes to the prize sort of thing, you know, keep your eye on on where you're heading you got to know where you're heading. So, yeah, totally get it. No, one, question did, one question I didn't ask, I meant to ask, sorry about the little dog, barking in the <laughs> Was, you know, how did you, coming out, did it impact your performance and your training?
1: Yes, it did. It just, you know, I feel like there was so much pressure on me anyway to perform, you know, especially... You know, with Jamaica, I was trying to prove myself. I was trying to show people that I could break national records, that I could qualify for the big meets. And, you know, coming out, you know, I felt like it was an even bigger pressure because, you know, people, more eyes were on me. Right. But I think because all the pressure was off my shoulders and I was who I wanted to be, I was happy with it, with the people that I've told, you No, know, I just felt so much more confident in the water. I believed in myself. And, right. um, you know, I think that self-belief was really lacking when, you know, I was... You know, closeted inside myself. So I definitely feel that, that increasing performance and just being happy, just being around poolside, smiling and being able to be myself, not pretending to be someone that I wasn't.
0: Yeah. And, and maybe enjoying it a little bit more. Yeah, no, certainly. Brilliant. That's amazing. And, I, you know, I always say, you know, because I, I, I do hope one day, I mean, I, I coach a lot of sort of people that are in business or, you know, business owners or people that, that you know, want to tap into themselves to bring out the best in, in themselves and, and whatever goals or desires they have. And I do I do uh, really want to work with some sports people because I massively believe in that our feelings imp- impact our performance, whether you're an athlete or, you know, an accountant. It yeah. impacts our relationships, our you know, how we show up in the world and how we perform in our job, in our business or our sport. So, yeah, feelings definitely massively impact that.
1: No, 100%. Oh, it's so lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. No
0: problem. No, thank you so much to Michael Gunning. You, guys, you need to go and check this young man out. He's a very good-looking young man as well. So no, I'm sure you'll be on TV. They, lo- they like a good-looking face. <laughs> How can people find you on social media, Michael?
1: Uh, so I'm on Instagram, Twitter, at Michael Gunning one So, yeah, give me a follow. Drop me a message. I'm always happy to chat and talk. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. See
0: you soon. Bye. You've been listening to It Starts With You. My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.